Hello and welcome to Virtual Roundtables Live, the broadcast that brings business leaders together to discuss and debate the latest industry topics and trends. Now over to today's host. So welcome to the Inspired Business Media channel. Today I'm joined by Richard de Villa, Head of Marketing for the UK and Europe for Malaysia Airlines. Richard, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to um, learn a bit about your career um, and what you've learned. So I know we've got a lot to kind of dive into, but let's start at the very beginning with what got you into marketing originally. Well, originally for me, it was, I guess, one of the first uh, jobs that I had here when arriving to the UK was with the Philippines Tourism Office. Mm-hmm. So naturally, uh, I started there initiating their digital campaign. This was back in 2006 when travel was only just beginning to go on digital. Facebook was only starting in 2006. So uh, social media was very much in its infancy uh, in terms of what that was at the time. So at the time, I was just bringing on the digital um, initiative to the Philippines Tourism Board uh, here in the UK, promoting the Philippines to to Europe in general, to the entire Europe. And at the time, it was my first task was, it was a landing page uh, that they had to build the entire website uh, for, for from here to promote the Philippines as a destination why um, UK and European travelers would want to go to the Philippines at the time. And naturally from them, with the tourist board uh, for slightly over 10 years, so it was a very long time. So it progressed from, from digital to marketing to PR and then stayed in marketing uh, and stayed in travel in a sense. Amazing. It's it's great how it's kind of evolved like that. I think a common misconception is that people kind of jump into their career straight away and that's what they do forever. I know certainly um, as a young person figuring out what I want to do with my career, you're always kind of told that this is what you do and that's what you're going to do forever. Whereas now it's 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 open, it's nice to be open to that evolution um, and kind of learning as you go. Um, exactly, so, but even like that has even been more compounded over the past two years. Really. Uh, yeah, like, definitely. Skills are finally like organizations and also people um, are realizing that skills are not anymore as rigid as they need to be. Like this, mm-hmm. this industry is forever. So even that experience what everybody has learned over the past few months is that um, these skills are beneficial regardless of the situation. Absolutely. So what kind of attracted you to the travel industry in the first place and what kind of made you stay all these years? Also that's the same reason why I initially came to the UK to see the world. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the really the main reason why anyone would want to work in the travel industry is is to allow them to see, to broaden the horizon, to learn about different cultures, uh, and also to learn about more about the world and not be limited to where they grew up, um, the limited world that they live in, but it allows you to experience more culture, more diversity, learn about other people as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, like, it's always been, if I always stay as well, because it's one of the things is actually learning from what other cultures and countries have to offer as well. Uh, in the world and it's and we, there's so many countries in the world that you can't possibly visit it in one lifetime it's hardly difficult 
So I set myself a goal of visiting four countries a year and managed to achieve it all the way to 2020. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, hopefully you can get back on that on that trend once things are kind of back to hopefully. normal, whatever hopefully. that may be. <laughs> So it sounds like you've you've been lucky enough to go to so many different places. Are there any places in particular that you've visited that have inspired you, whether that be personally or or from a business perspective? Uh, both. It was even like if you go for work as well within the company, you know, travel videos, press trips, on uh, familiarization trips. Uh, it, it's the same experience. You experience it, uh, you're there to experience the effect of the cuisine. Uh, the culture uh, and the diversity really that destination. So while while it's hard to pinpoint one destination because every destination that we uh, really that you'd like to go to uh, has something very new to offer, and that's the beauty of it. It's one destination is very different from the next. And even if you're just talking about Asia as a region, uh, just the cuisine uh, alone, it's very varied. Like from the Philippines to Malaysia, like even Malaysia, we had three different cultures. Indian, Chinese, and Malay cuisine all um, intersecting and all unique in their own right. So it's that diversity which makes travel really uh, a trip to experience and to live in. Amazing. You're, you're very lucky to have to be in that position. I'm, I'm very jealous of you. <laughs> well, it's I'm just looking that borders open sooner. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, definitely. And I'll definitely be calling you on your, um, your travel recommendations and places to visit. So, so yeah, I'll be coming to you for those. Um, let's go back to your, your career a little bit more then. What has been the best investment for you um, in terms of time and energy when it comes to your career? For me, the best investment of time and energy is really surrounding yourself with um, inspirational people uh, in different fields to learn from. Uh, a lot of these are also my friends, I mean, close friends, who happen to be also leaders in their respective industries. And just learning from them, uh, just the knowledge there, uh, going back as well to also the network, because some, some of them have also beneficial and have more insight to learn seeing the things from a different perspective. Uh, all of that, it's really surrounding myself with um, people that I can learn from. And even with um, moving forward as well, with um, working in, in, the, in different industries as well, like in the travel industry, in all the different industries that also interact with it. Um, a lot of those I can now count as friends as well. Uh, so just surrounding yourself with people who you can learn from really has been the most uh, beneficial. That's amazing. And I think that echoes what a lot of leaders would say, like a lot of successful people in business is surround yourself with people that are going to inspire you, that you enjoy working with. Um, that's only going to benefit you, isn't it? I mean, if we strip it back to its most simplest form, if you're kind of, you know, just working an office job, for example, the people that you're around, you're around them more than maybe your partner or your family. Exactly. So it makes sense to surround yourself with people that are going to lift you up, inspire you, um, and make your work life that much better. Yeah, and also gives you a different perspective and insight that you might not be able to see um, on your day to day as well. Absolutely. Back of a particular opportunity or challenge, and even going back to the future as well, they might offer different opportunities that um, you never saw before. So it's just that insight is very beneficial. Definitely. Great. So we've all been through so much this past year um, in many different ways. Obviously, the, the pandemic has affected everyone in a multitude of, of different ways. Um, 
But is there a particular new belief of yours or behavior that's, that's improved the quality of your work life recently? I think the whole new adaptive and new way of working, 100%. Uh, the flexibility of being able to work from home has, has improved work-life balance immeasurably, I would say. Uh, given that you're able to squeeze in a quick, rapid workout in the middle of meetings, uh, that benefit has allowed has an immense ability to refocus the mind and improve productivity. Because you're able to, if you're, especially if you're stuck or overwhelmed in a certain task, you're able to always refocus and see things from a new perspective. Uh, so that uh, has been highly, highly beneficial. And I think it's not limited to just me. I think a lot of people will, will find would say the same as well. And also the ability to have a freshly cooked lunch <laughs> rather than something that's store bought, <laughs> overpriced and store bought. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Or, or microwaves just to, to oblivion. <laughs> exactly. Just having something fresh is also beneficial, not just for the mind, but for the body as well. Yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree with you. And I'm hearing that from a lot of people that although this past year has been very difficult and working from home has brought challenges, it's grounded us a little bit more to think that, you know, we're not just machines that that do a nine to five. We've got to take care of ourselves. And and whether that be, you know, making a really lovely lunch for ourselves, it would be something as simple as that. Or as you said, squeezing in a workout. I think it's um it's given employees at employees and employers a new perspective on what really matters I guess I mean we all we all want to do a great job in our in our work in our roles but ultimately our well-being has to take center stage if if we're going to do our best jobs 100% I believe the productivity as a whole has increased um, substantially um, also like example uh, meetings I remember taking time to go from meeting to meeting around the city whereas just on the time efficiency you end one meeting you need to be starting the next one Sometimes too much as well. But this is in so many in a day. It's all about balance, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, I know a lot of people will be thinking. Obviously, you work for an airline, um, and during this the pandemic, that must have brought up so many challenges for you and your team. Um, can you talk a little bit about the, the any challenges that you faced and how you've overcome them? Until now, challenges, borders remain closed. <laughs> I think that's the main one. The <laughs> obvious one. <laughs> we're, a, we're a Southeast Asian carrier and all of our Southeast Asian destinations are closed, regardless of what the UK says about the mm-hmm. uh, Those countries even won't allow foreign visitors in, like Australasia as well, for example. Their borders won't be open until mid-2022. Uh, it's, so you have to really refocus the business in terms of what's important and what's essential. Uh, and also the main thing, I guess, is like, for example, like you still have people flying. I mean, we're like, we've significantly cut back our schedule, but we've never stopped flying. Uh, at the moment, we're the only non-stop carrier from the UK to Malaysia. And whilst we're only flying once a week at present uh, in June, um, there's still a lot of essential travel uh, from students, healthcare, government, um, that have to go back and forth. Uh, it's not about a holiday. It's the travel industry is not just holidays. <laughs> a lot of it is also essential travel and essential work uh, that, that actually happens. Uh, so just refocusing your messaging on that one, being relevant, so not also being insensitive, 
So not putting out a tactical offer when the market doesn't need it, uh, because for obvious reasons, and borders are close and you're not allowed to go for some for because government said so, uh, but also refocusing the messaging, um, being clear to your customers in terms of what they want to see. So at the moment, what they want to see is continue to travel travel responsibility fees. So what we can do to offer them is we partner also with um, test providers, uh, accredited test providers to give them a one-stop shop that if they're on our website, they can see what tests are required for the best network to go to. Um, and also it just makes the information that they need uh, relevant always. Uh, it always keep banging on about relevancy because um, they'll go to you for help uh, for information and they need to see that if they're asking for it. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's interesting how you said about being sensitive. Um, and I think that's something that we all need to take away from the past year as well. It's, I, I know lots of marketeers have said before that there was this messaging at the beginning of the pandemic and we're all, we're all in this together. And that novelty quickly wore off and people saw past that. And I think people started to see what was genuine and what was um, being put out as messaging just because and, and just to kind of give this facade of we do care. Um, but in actual fact, some brands maybe didn't. Um, and I think consumers and, and businesses see past that and they can they can see what's genuine. Um, and then I think that that's where they want to put their custom with the, the brands that are genuine and the brands that are that are speaking to them and they're working for them rather than just wanting their custom and nothing else. Uh, just be factual, number one, because like, um, as you say, customers are very, very astute uh, to know if they're being um, like greenwashing and objective and different things sustainability, you get quickly found out. Uh, so just be factual to what you're actually doing and what your customers want to see. Uh, sometimes it's better to not say Absolutely. To say, uh, just to be, it's not always about being on the bandwagon if you don't have anything positive to, to actually add value to your customers. Definitely. Yeah, it's kind of the argument of only say something if, if you've got something to say, you know. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. So throughout your career, you must have met with and worked with so many different people. Um, but are there any partnerships in particular that you're especially proud of? Oh, for sure. Uh, so the partnerships I'm most proud of are the ones that have continued on for years and years uh, and continue to add value and innovation to each activity. So it's not just like one, one activity and one campaign from this year to the next is very different and always adds value to the customers that you have to reach out as well. Uh, and it becomes less of a transactional piece, but more uh, achieving a shared and common objective. Um, so going back, uh, cross-industry ones as well are the most surprising when you both work to achieve, actually achieve common goals. Like examples um, recently were was one with Conning Nas, and I've worked with them for quite a while now. Uh, and they've always come out with starting with one activity that leads to another activity in the following month, another activity in the succeeding month after that from competitions to podcasts to events to special offers. And it becomes more a, a partnership rather than just a pure advertising campaign uh, because both sides are actually willing to uh, see a common objective uh, and it becomes less transactional. And there's so many more things uh, around those um, paradigms. 
Amazing. That's really interesting. I, I'm always really interested talking to marketeers about what makes them buy something, because obviously you see this in, you know, day in and day out. Um, so what was the last advertising campaign that you saw that made you purchase something? So for me, it was the, I got to forget the name this on Instagram, uh, was the restaurant kits. Uh, and this was going back uh, in the, when we were still in lockdown where restaurants were still closed, uh, we still don't have the ability to even go outside. Um, and also, given your location, you can always deliver something from central London to, especially where you are in Wales, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so restaurant kits, uh, a lot of restaurants have pivoted to like making do-it-yourself kits that you, they send you the menu, they send you all the ingredients, and you're able to replicate it uh, almost with tea. Uh, it's almost foolproof. Uh, at your home. Uh, so for example, it's like a lot of, most of the really good burger places, uh, they've done that. And regardless of where you live, you can be ordering a uh, bleaker burger uh, in Glasgow and you'll get it uh, within the same week. And that's better than having a burger sitting in the back of a motorbike or bicycle, uh, sweating for like half 45 minutes to an hour. And by the time it gets to you, the picture's hockey <laughs> Whereas this one, it's you're able to recreate it fresh uh, and as how it's meant to be while you're not in the restaurant. And the end, uh, it brings those uh, cuisines to to you to your household uh, pretty familiar. So that one was a one that um, struck a chord in with continuing to order even. That's really interesting. And I definitely feel feel the same way being a fellow foodie myself. Um, and it it's so lovely, isn't it? Because obviously hospitality had to adapt like there was there was a, a point where restaurants were thinking we can't be closed for any longer because we're going to lose money and it's it's really interesting to see how those businesses adapted and also how well received um it was as well and I think that was so lovely about kind of bringing a restaurant to you having the ritual of making it yourself making it with your family or your partner um and learning about it as well because it's not something you'd you'd ordinarily cook yourself um so yeah i I def that one definitely resonates with me as something that's um positive that's come out of of hospitality being closed for a little while and also i think it's something that they really that they quickly realize that oh now we have a brand we are customers are now cross country it's not anymore just in one city um, and it's for them, it's something that they continue almost permanently. Uh, they just need to expand slightly, but because there's no overhead in terms of cost of actually having a restaurant or space, uh, of course, they still have that because before, now you can go back, but it just allows them to reach an entire country. Um, just why? Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's something that um, they probably never realized before all of this as well. Definitely. Well, I certainly hope it's here to stay. It will do, I think. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so as a marketeer, um, where you're kind of sat right now, what do you think the, the biggest opportunity in marketing is right now? I think uh, so two things. One is cross-industry partnerships, which I touched on. So given the past few months, we realized, even before that, that a lot of businesses have a lot of shared common objectives, that you're not only limited to playing in your own sandbox in your own industry. Uh, if you have are allowed to collaborate um, with other businesses or brands that to achieve a shared common objective, um, go look for it, go diversify. Because um, I think that will be 
beneficial to because that ultimately it adds value to the customer. Um, and we touched on this earlier during the call that um, things that work uh, resonate with the customer so much, and it will be like absolutely really interesting. And on that that same kind of path, what kind of innovation excites you the most? Product diversif diversification, uh, similar to the restaurant kits and hospitality. Mm -hmm. um, people were able to quickly diversify their customers uh, to continue engagement uh, and build even more loyalty is vital. So if you're able to diversify your product offering, um, and we've seen this in, even in airlines uh, where we, 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 and we've already done so um, little by little to diversify product offering, especially when the main product that you're supposed to sell, you're not allowed to sell. So you have to think of other ways how you're able to continue to engage um, your customers and continue to build revenue and continue to build leads as well. So um, it's given us an opportunity to find out how we can continue to interact, uh, engage uh, with the customers and continue to build loyalty. Absolutely. I think if, I know I keep saying this past year, but I think if, if this past year has told us anything, it's adaptation is vital um, in order to, to succeed. Um, it, we've seen it everywhere. We've seen it across so many different industries. And that leads me nicely onto my next question for you as well, because obviously at Inspired, we, um, we have our conferences, we have our luxury dinners, which you've been a part of, but a big thing for us was adapting to virtual events. Um, and obviously we've been really successful with these. We've, we've managed to facilitate loads of conversations um, and we've had you work with us on them as an attendee and also as a moderator as well, kind of facilitating those conversations um, while we can't meet up physically. Um, yes. So what kind of, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what kind of attracts you to these, these kind of events? Uh, what was question three again? Exactly that. <laughs> you spend most of your time and energy is surrounding yourself with uh, inspirational people uh, to learn from, uh, to lend a new perspective, lend new insights, um, see what the current challenges uh, that other marketers are facing at this time that you can apply uh, to your organization, you can apply to your way of working. Um, also, what challenges that they're facing that might be coming to you also in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, and also new innovations that, and technologies, for example, that are being discussed as well, that you know, benefit your organization as well. So exactly that. So same, it's the same reason where I choose to focus my time and energy to learn from inspirational people. Amazing. That's really beautiful as well, the fact that we can all connect while we do feel also separate. Um, and I think it's ad added value to a lot of people, you know, being able to connect with people across the globe um, within industries. And, and it's interesting what you said as well, talking about challenges that maybe your, um, your peers talking about challenges, sorry, that maybe are on the horizon for you um, and what you can learn from that. So that's really interesting. And I'm so happy to hear that your that those events really excite you as well. Um, I, I, I think they're amazing. Um, so that brings me on to my last question. It's been so lovely speaking with you today, um, but I'd like to finish on if you could give one piece of advice um, to anyone starting out in your industry, um, whether that be marketing or, or marketing within the travel industry, um, what would that be? Uh, persevere. It might seem uh, as cloudy as the day outside is with borders remaining closed. 
uh, <laughs> but that, what that means is persevere. So if that's your dream, continue on. Uh, there are opportunities starting to open up. There are organizations already looking to hire and expand because what that means is that we haven't been able to properly travel in about two years. So demand is ridiculous. If you tell tomorrow that all borders are open, so, but persevere because it is a beautiful uh, industry to work for. Uh, and as we touched on earlier, it allows you to see new perspectives, new cultures, new attractions, new food, uh, expand your horizons. And that's what the travel industry does. And, and meet new friends also from other parts of the world. Uh, so, continue on. Uh, and while it might seem uh, not advantageous today, uh, it will come. Uh, Amazing. Great. Thank you so much for talking to me today, talking to me today Richard. Um, it's been lovely chatting with you. Thank you very much, Mary. Thanks for joining us this week on Virtual Roundtables Live. Make sure to visit our website www.virtualroundtables.com to learn more about upcoming webinars and events.